Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Some of us are outwardly successful, but inwardly feel unhappy and living a life lacking in purpose and meaning. The Necktie and the Jaguar by Carl Greer can help you discover what's important to you and how to go for it. For more information or to purchase the book, visit carlgreer.com. That's C-A-R-L-G-R-E-E-R.com. Welcome to Voice Rising with Kara Johnstad. Enjoy weekly conversations with leading luminaries, pioneering visionaries, singers, poets, musicians, and sound healers as we explore the profound role our voice plays on the path to self-realization and global enlightenment. The internationally acclaimed singer, composer, author, healer, recording artist, voice expert, creator of Voice Your Essence, and founder of the School of Voice, Kara Johnstadt uses her extraordinary spiritual gifts to empower others. Everything in this world vibrates. Everything has a frequency. A pioneer in the field of voice work and transformational songwriting. Her breakthrough methods are helping thousands of people worldwide fine-tune their body-mind-spirit system and unlock the energetic frequencies of limitless creativity, health, and abundance. Share your voice. Ask your questions. Join in the conversation. Receive life-changing, positive transformation and rise together to create a sound world. And here's your host, Kara Johnstad. Hi, everybody. It's so good to be back. And today I have with me in the studio, Mario Ford Clark, a healer, a counselor, and author of the new book, Where After, Where Do Our Loved Ones Go After They Die? And we are going to explore exactly that, the experience of our soul's journey, after-death communication, and so much more. Welcome, Mario, to Voice Rising. Well, greetings, Cara, and thank you for having me on the show, and blessings from Ireland. Yes, blessings back to Ireland, a very magical place on this earth. Mario, you wrote a new book, and you asked the question that has traverse the universe for centuries, and it's considered one of life's greatest mysteries. Where do our loved ones go after they die? This is a very big question. And in your new book, you've dared not only to ask it, but you've also researched it. You've explored it. Tell us what you discovered. Well, firstly, I suppose, Cara, uh, I have a very... Um, my background in Ireland would have been a very kind of a sacred and mystical one because my grandmother was extremely psychic and I had mm -hmm. an uncle who was the seventh son of a seventh son who was extremely psychic as well and gifted. And my young brother that made his transition in 2002 was extremely gifted and very mm -hmm. psychic as well. So it was of no wonder that I... I I had my encounters with angelic beings and uh, spirit guides at a very, very young age. But mm -hmm. uh, 
it, not everyone, not everyone um, saw them or heard them or got, got kind of messages from them. So I was a little bit of an outcast and I was being there away with the fairies, as they say in Ireland. Yeah. So, <laughs> and, and I had a huge spiritual experience then in, in, uh, when I was just 15, and an incredible experience with Mother Mary who has been my one of my ascended masters during my healing work. But I still went on to study science and mm-hmm. I, I, I became a serologist. So my science mind was very, very much to the forefront. And it was only in 1992 when I had my death experience that uh, I wondered why on earth was did I survive and others didn't. Because at that time, Cara, I had severe well-advanced cervical cancer and my mm-hmm. um, diagnosis and prognosis was not good and I died on the table. So, mm-hmm. and at that stage as well, I was living in a very, very unhappy, dysfunctional marriage. And in Ireland back then, you know, there was no divorce and there was certainly, um, you didn't talk about your marriage not working out because you mm-hmm. would bring shame shame to family and shame within the community. And the old cliche as well, Cara, you made your bed, you better lie in it, you know? So um, I made my bed and I lay in it. But when I was told I had advanced cancer, cervical cancer, it didn't bother me. I just said, right, one way of, 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 you know, ending Mm -hmm. it all. And Mm -hmm. I won't have to suffer in silence anymore. So then I wondered when I was told that uh, by my surgeon some days later, that I had actually died and that they, I was hemorrhaging outwards and it had taken a lot of medical intervention to get me back. But I remember being told, mm-hmm. I remember leaving my body, which is another thing I can talk about later if you wish about the actual near-death experience. But um, I just wondered afterwards, why on earth did I survive? I was quite happy up in that place of total, total peace and love and serenity with the most beautiful music. Why on earth did I have to be resuscitated and brought back to earth again? I, I, I didn't understand. So my search and my journey began a, a years and years and years of research into other cultures, other religions, other um, kind of paradigms that explored the afterlife, going back to Tibetan um, and what they believed in and the Eastern philosophy, life, death, and rebirth, whereas in our Western world, we were just believing in life and death, you know. So it, yeah. it, it catapulted me on an amazing journey, an amazing journey, which I am still at the forefront of. And my book, Whereafter, that you mentioned, only for I had another huge accident in 2018, a ski accident. Oh, my and goodness gracious. I was, yeah. So you see the angels on my guides, and I don't listen, Cara. They make me, they do something kind of to say, you know, cop on here. We're trying to get a message to you, Marielle, you know. So they're kind of cheeky. (laughs) Yeah. They're a little bit cheeky. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, they they like humor. They like humor. They want us to Hmm. have fun in our lives as well, even though life has become very compromised and serious in the past two years. But, Mm. um, so in, in 2018, I was unable to walk for about five months and uh, I was being channeled that night, this book, Whereafter. Mm. And it was so important that I brought in the, the scientific, because of my science background, the medical proof 
and my mm-hmm. own spiritual work with clients, what I have witnessed with clients before death, uh, uh, you know, prior to the actual death moment and after death communications. And I was given all these uh, segments for, for the book. And I, at one night, I just said to my guys, hello, guys. I said, um, there is no chapters. And they said, no, just trust and surrender. So what I saw, Carl, was like a jigsaw being placed before me with all mm-hmm. these topics to be addressed and, and written up. And I was guided every step of the way. So it is a very, that's how the journey began, I suppose. And um, it is at the moment, it is bringing great comfort, great hope, even to those that are hugely sceptical about anything after this life, Carla, you know. One of my one of my dearest friends, who is uh, an atheist, and he has since read Thereafter, and he mm-hmm. just scratched his head and he said, "Jesus, he says, I'll have to look into this further." Now you have me all confused. <laughs> he says, <laughs> "You know, we scratched the head a lot in Ireland when we were a bit confused, Sarah. You know." <laughs> I think I think that is, you know, where, you know, there are many books that may be channeled or there are books that talk about, uh, you know, life after death. But for many people, it's difficult to to believe it or to sense it. So it is quite the journey to see the research that you've also done. So it's a beautiful blend yeah. between the the research from the different cultures i mean and these this understanding of life after life i mean i'm thinking of a beautiful poem by tagora i'm i'm just thinking of this life after life that's the beginning of it but this beautiful you know the, these ideas have have been threads through many cultures for thousands of years and mm-hmm. yet we in in the western civilization at least i think it's become more and more I would say sanitized, or we don't want to go where it's uncomfortable. Actually, in Ireland, you guys had an amazing tradition with the keening, with the That's singing right. at yes. the funerals, right? Which is, yes. it's, it's at least I'm sitting here in Germany, and I and I said this on, on another show when two years ago my grandmother died, and I flew to the United States to be at her funeral, and everything was very. You know, it was it was pretty serious, and we. There I. And and I missed a little bit the joy and the beauty because she had a lot of joy and and smiles for this world. But what I thought was very very bizarre was that we went out afterwards with the casket and were standing around, and they wouldn't lower the casket into the ground. They would not lower it. And we're standing there, and I'm waiting. And they said, now you can go have coffee, you can go eat. But I was waiting for this this uh, ritual, right? Yeah. Which we know, at least in Germany, I know we lower the casket, and then comes mm-hmm. uh, often comes the, the you know ashes and ashes and the rose petals and everything. Yeah. And they said they no longer do this. They don't lower the casket with anybody there. This is done by the, you know, by the... Well, the, grave. Know, the grave, the grave diggers, yeah. Yeah. because yeah. nobody is allowed to see this anymore. And I thought, how tragic, because we need to make friends with this very important um, event that will happen in all of our lives, not only with our grandmothers, 
Um, but you talk about um, many different layers, right? So you talk about your own near-death experience. You also mm -hmm. talk about, um, you know, you also talk about um, certain rituals that we can do maybe to prepare for our own death. You also yeah. talk about grief. You talk about, and, and I think I wanted to ask you this because, you know, I think many of us can kind of understand that at some point when we get to be 95 we might have to start preparing right but yeah. <laughs> i think it's for many people very difficult when somebody is taken so young or when someone commits suicide or when a child is diagnosed with cancer at two and mm -hmm. how do we how can we even process you know you're saying your friend is an atheist a lot of mm -hmm. people, they lose trust in God when their two-year-old son, daughter, nephew, niece is diagnosed with a terminal illness, which they they just cannot believe that God can mm -hmm. be so unfair or so cruel. And what can, what has your research and your own life experience working with the dying helped yeah. you to understand? <clears throat> That's an incredible question, Cara, and it's one that I have put to my guides many, many times. Why mm -hmm. do the young die so young? And why is there so much tragedy with illness with young people? And my guidance has always been very, very clear. And one of the main things that they will say to me is, this is not of God's doing when a child is diagnosed with cancer or somebody very mm -hmm. young dies through an illness or is born into the world with a, a disability of some mm -hmm. sort. This is the sole agreement of that individual that mm -hmm. is coming onto the earth again. If God, while God overlights the entire planet he in, and every sentient being upon it, when somebody enters this earth plane, they've already preordained their destiny. They've already mm -hmm. preordained mm -hmm. what they need to learn when they're coming in. What have they, what soul lessons do they need to master when they come on earth? What was the lessons that they failed to master in the previous lifetime? And I found yes. all this very, very hard because it's not Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's, there's an old saying, Kara, in the Sanskrit in India. And mm -hmm. uh, the, the word is called Viloma. And Viloma mm -hmm. is, is it's, it is, you know, it's a kind of a, a, a phrase that it is an unnatural process 
that a parent should bury a child before them. Mm-hmm. So this mm-hmm. Paloma is, is part of their kind of uh, lack of understanding also, because we all struggle when somebody so young is ill or when somebody is dying. And even the work I do as a spiritual midwife is it's very hard for me when I now have seen, thankfully, not many I haven't to I haven't assisted many young people in their death process, but I have attended many, many, many throughout my thirty plus years. But watching somebody so young um, and about to make their transition, it's very hard for a parent to let go of a child because it defies the law of nature really. And this is what they were saying in in Sanskrit the Luna. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's not no parent ever, ever wants to outlive their child. But it's not. And then, you know, I have seen where God is, is, is bandished and accused and, you know, hated. And, you know, that we have to take our anger out on somebody. If it's not the doctors, it's God, or it's, it's the, the ambulance that didn't arrive in time, or, or, mm, or it's mm, a series of mm. different equations that made the situation possibly worse in the person's mind. But in saying all of that, Cara, the soul of this child has made that agreement and that's their soul. Yeah. It's like even for the soul of a baby within a mother's womb, when a young baby is in in vitro in mother's womb and maybe it has only had a period of three months, four months within mother's womb and then bless all those who've, who've experienced miscarriages like I did myself as well. Yeah, that yeah. the baby only needed to touch the earth plane through the mother's womb for that short mm-hmm. period of time in order mm. to complete its sacred contract. You know, so yeah. it is important that we don't blame God. It's a contract that has been written up in sacred terms by the soul before it enters the earth plane. Yeah, and I think, you know, for myself too, I've also experienced that. I think what also is so important, and that's what your book brings, is for us to embrace, I want to say relax into, but this is maybe, you know, too too complex, but to understand if we embrace and if we share with each other more these feelings of what it might be like to have a miscarriage, to lose a partner, to um, go through, or or people to talk about near-death experiences, it would become, so much energy would be set free on the earth because we Mm -hmm. wouldn't be in hiding, we wouldn't be in shame, we wouldn't be in guilt, we would be in understanding that this... um, process of give and take of moving forward and backwards of expanding and contracting that mm-hmm. this is life right and yeah. i and i'm and mm-hmm. i think this is such a blessing to have um a book like yours and and i try to do it through music and other people do it in other ways is to allow ourselves to start sharing where we have had great loss and how many gifts we've found through it also. Mario, we need to take a very, very short break and we're going to be back in a few more moments and keep on exploring this amazing topic with you. The cutting edge of conscious radio, OM Times Radio, IOM FM. 
Home Times magazine is one of the leading online content providers of positivity, wellness and personal empowerment. A philanthropic organisation, their net proceeds are funneled to support worldwide charity initiatives via Humanity Healing International. Through their commitment to creating community and providing conscious content, they aspire to uplift humanity on a global scale. Connect at ohmtimes.com. Ohm Times, creating a more conscious lifestyle. With happy clients all over the world, Kara Johnstad knows that your voice is the missing link to more authenticity, abundance, creativity, and health. An internationally acclaimed voice expert, Kara's breakthrough methods have helped thousands of people successfully heal their voice wounds and extinguish the story of self-doubt and shyness forever. Join in group trainings, attend online sessions, schedule one-on-one time, and invite Kara to work with your organization and community. Get started today. Go to www.karajohnstad.com and receive a special guided meditation designed to fine-tune your inner voice and welcome you on the voice journey. This is Kathy Beal, host of Celestial Compass, featuring astrology you can use. Celestial Compass points you to what's going on in the sky and what you can do with it down here on Earth. We also explore fun, effective, and cosmic tools for navigating this adventure we call life. Join me the first and third Monday of the month at 5 p.m. Eastern Time for Celestial Compass. It's enlightening, entertaining, and empowering. Coping 19, brought to you by CDC and the Ad Council. If you're feeling increasingly lonely right now, you're not alone. It's totally normal. Even though we may not be able to get together in person, connecting virtually with friends and family still gives you a chance to interact with people and may help raise your spirits. Join a virtual book club, set up group text chats, or online video coffee breaks with coworkers. Find more self-care and coping tips at coping-19.org. Welcome back to Voice Rising. I am your host, Cara Johnstad, and with me in studio is Marielle Ford-Clark. She is the author of Where After, Where Do Our Loved Ones Go After They Die? And we are exploring exactly that very big question. So, Marielle, Silver Birch, you have a beautiful quote, and he said, and I'm assuming he said this through a channel, as far as I understand his his uh, teachings, but he said, do yes. not mourn, do not mourn because the caterpillar has become a beauteous butterfly. Do not weep because the cage has been opened and the bird has been set free. Rejoice and know that the enfranchised soul has found liberty. And then if you would but unfold the powers that the great spirit has given you, you could understand the plan of death mm-hmm. and realize that death is but a stepping stone a door through which you enter into the larger freedom of the realms of spirit. What drew you to this, to these words? What, what drew you to add them to the book? As I, I, I suppose, Cara, as I was saying earlier, every, every passage and every segment of the book was totally guided and I would stumble. Mm. I, I loved Silver Birch is a significance and spiritual meaning always and I would have studied a lot of uh, 
the wonderful mystics as well, like Tagore that you even mentioned mm-hmm. there earlier. Mm-hmm. And if we just, like you do there, just sat with these words and the meaning and the significance behind every single word, it would mm-hmm. totally demystify our fear. And for me, what I dis- I, I'm discovering as I'm working with, as a spirit midwife more and more and more, it's the fear of dying. And in Ireland, it's never discussed until it's nearly too late. You know, mm-hmm. people even in, you know, in Ireland, uh, the last thing they will do is draw up a will of where mm-hmm. the money is going or where the land is going or where the property or the house mm-hmm. is going or what child gets what. And mm-hmm. it's the last thing because nobody's going to die. That's the, no, it's not going to come to my door. It will come to the neighbors or it will come down the street, but it won't come to my door. Mm-hmm. So there is a huge, huge fear of dying. And if we could only kind of turn that unknown mystery to the known and to embrace this, the immortality of our soul. People are not aware that the soul is who we are. It's not the body. And that we are actually spiritual beings coming mm-hmm. on earth and we occupy a human vessel, and which is the body. And it journeys with us for maybe a season, maybe a reason, or maybe just a, a, a whole lifetime. But we are spiritual beings having this human experience. And we have made this journey many, many, many times. Many lives we have had. And I suppose yeah. when I say that as well, I had the pleasure, Cara, of studying under Dr. Brian Way when I was on my quest. And, and Deepak Chopra, I studied with those mm-hmm. wonderful, wonderful mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Dr. Brian Way was a psychiatrist and he believed in absolutely nothing but what could be measured and and quantified by science and facts and statistics and figures until he was presented with a 27-year-old girl who was suffering dreadfully from phobias and couldn't take medication and he was her last resort. And he regressed her. Her name was Catherine. Mm -hmm. And her whole past life started to unfold during their four years of working together. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he still didn't believe in what she was saying. And every time he'd have a session with her, we had no Mr. Google that time, Cara. So he yes. used to have to yes. make reference, go back to go back to books, go back to history books. And he would see if she said something in the 13th century and name the terrain and what it was like and what had happened. There it was all in black and white before him. And he was still disbelieving until one day, she told him something extremely personal and significant to him and his mm-hmm. wife. Nobody had known the circumstances or knowing mm-hmm. this. It was like a best kept secret. And she told him it. And then he became, he, he, he went from skeptic to true believer. You know, so we have so much there. There is so much in the book as well about the doctors, the many, many doctors, Cara, that you know, did not, they had a kind of a medical mind and they did not believe in, in, in the soul or they didn't believe, they just believed in the heart and the brain. And if they stopped working, you were after La Vista, you were gone. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I mean, they, this huge work done by Dr. Pin Van Lumen, who was a Dutch cardiologist. And he had, he has 10 years behind him where he has done this huge medical research into patients 
that actually flatlined and died and were pronounced dead on his operating table. And these, uh, the accounts from these people afterwards when they were brought back, where they had been like floating out of their bodies, going to this beautiful place, hearing a voice, seeing a significant other like a loved one that was already gone before them, or music or being stopped and being told it's not your time and coming back into the body. And I mean, there are thousands and thousands of, of cases where these patients had similar experiences. So it, it pushed Dr. Penn Van Lohman on a journey as well to prove what were these people saying? Is there an afterlife? Does it exist? So he's only one of them. And then there is Dr. Raymond Moody before him. There was a Dr. Elizabeth Googler Roth. Then there was the wonderful American doctor who was the neurosurgeon, Dr. Ivan Alexander, who didn't believe in anything other than science and medicine. So until he had his death experience and he so compelling was his that he had to, he, he felt compelled to write proof of heaven. So when you hear it coming from those great scientists and doctors, you know, even Einstein believed in a greater intelligence. He believed in the afterlife, which is hard to believe, and he believed in the power of love because I studied mm-hmm. him many, many years ago. So when you have all these wonderful, uh, credible people adding their names to afterlife um, beliefs, not just a theory anymore, but afterlife belief, it is very reassuring for those that are sitting on the fence and don't really know, is there something out there or is there nothing at all? With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And, and maybe also beyond belief, because these are actually experiences, like you were saying with past life regression or with near-death experiences. I mean, you experienced it as much as you would experience walking down the street and and you know buying apples it, it's very real yeah. and it's so profoundly real that people literally come back from these near death experiences and they are profoundly changed and the same thing happens mm-hmm. with the past life regression um you know the the question for me with past life regression is uh, and then i would like to to talk or ask you about your own uh past life regression which you had that was very much linked to your throat chakra but i remember <laughs> when i was young and i was in an ashram in india and at that time the whole rebirthing and past life regression was is quite the fashion actually and i remember being incredibly curious you know and and um <laughs> wanting to know you know was my partner my past 
you know, whoever knows, were we in China, <laughs> were we in Greece or whatever? And I remember yes. a very wise man came to me and he said, do not, almost like do not play with fire because when you're meant to see it, it will appear. And yes. do you think it, I mean, and, and, I, and I never went searching for it because I always remembered that when I meant to see it, it will appear. And it, maybe I'm not supposed to see that my child was the father or my, you know, do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, what, is, what are your thoughts on past life regression? When should one seek um, sessions, um, of course, with well-trained people? And when should one um, let it be and, and trust that life will yeah, unfold and yeah. will show you what you need to see. I'm a great believer, Cara, that when the pupil is ready, the teacher appears. It's an mm -hmm. old uh, cliche. But mm -hmm. I suppose for me, I really, I've had so many, I've been very blessed in the sense that I've had, since I was very young, so many spiritual experiences that cannot be explained by just everyday uh, facts and figures. And calculations. Mm -hmm. It's it's. I'm very I'm very blessed in that thing. But it was something also, Carol, that I kept hidden for many years. I never discussed my near death experience that happened in 1992 until I started the journey with this book in 2018. You know, it was wow. something that very very few people knew about. Is like you had said in a word earlier. You hidden. I had hidden mm -hmm. the fact. I was I was mm -hmm. I suppose afraid of being perceived as a bit weird. Or mm -hmm. um, away with the fairies, as, as as I've been told a lot of the time. But mm -hmm. I, for me, when I was going through all this in extensive research as well. But then again, I was I was running classes on spiritual awakening. I was running classes on the journey of the soul. I was I was doing workshops with how to connect with your loved ones that have uh, made their transition to the other side. Mm -hmm. They were all mm -hmm. very much part of the healing journey for people who had lost loved ones. And mm -hmm. for my, myself, I was very much, I was eager, I was anxious, I would do anything, you know, just for proof for myself, mm -hmm. not mm -hmm. just for anybody, mm -hmm. but just for myself. So mm -hmm. I, I had a lot of past life regression with somebody credible, and yes. somebody registered, somebody that I knew. So it mm -hmm. was so important. And you mentioned earlier, uh, one of them involved, which was hugely significant in this lifetime for me, Cara, when I was um, 24 years of age, uh, all of a sudden I started having, I'd wake up at night with my mouth full of, of blood and I would mm -hmm. be gasping because the blood would be choking me. And mm -hmm. then uh, I would go to maybe the doctor, which I wasn't very fond of at the time, going to doctors. Mm -hmm. And um, I, the doctor would say, oh, it's a streptococcal throat. It's kind of strange that you're getting at this age, blah, blah, blah. So mm -hmm. it, it started to get so bad that the tonsils just swelled so much that I was hardly mm -hmm. able to breathe or swallow. So... Then, I, at 24, I had a tonsillectomy, some nodes removed. So, mm -hmm. fast forward many years later when I'm having this uh, past life regression, and I was in some part of, I'm not sure, was it France or was it Egypt, because I had many of them done. But it transpired that at the age of, of 24, 
I had uh, my tongue had been cut out. And my, my I, oh yes, it was a drowning in France. I'm just being reminded here by my mm-hmm. guys. It was a drowning in France because that time I had spiritual gifts and kind of psychic ability, mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. was deemed as a witch. So mm-hmm. I remember standing in this uh, at this kind of um, middle place in uh, a place in France, and I was at a fountain, and I looked down, and my feet are bound. My hands are behind my back, and I'm in this type of a, uh, an unusual uh, vintage type lace dress. And I, I hear drum rolls, and I'm just wondering what is going on here. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, I'm just pushed forward, and my head is pushed into the fountain to be drowned. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then the two arms, two hands come and catch me by the throat. And squeeze the last bit of life force out of me. Mm. And then I remember floating above my body. And I saw my body being thrown onto a cart. And being wheeled mm-hmm. off through, mm-hmm. through the, the, the town. And it was then that all say, because in a French voice, I was able to say, when my um, regressor asked me, what age are you? I was 24. What did I mm-hmm. see? What did I witness? What did I experience? And my my throat at that time, I was 24 when I, when I died that time, and it was 24, I was 24 when my throat started to bother me again. So the imprint of that past life, I had carried it in my body until I had my regression therapy, and all of the symptoms, sore throat, everything that I was still having, all disappeared. At that do, you think they, do you think they disappear when we are simply conscious because you could also re-trigger things through this so is there is there a magic that happens that when we can consciously experience and consciously see what happened to us that 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 is what makes it magically disappear because it could no, also be that I, you walk home and need a bottle of, of whiskey and and say oh my god i, yeah. I don't even know <laughs> I don't. E- I. I don't even. My goodness gracious! No. You know. I mean, it's a horrific death. Whether it's in this life yes. or a last or past life, it's it's horrific, right? You could also yes. just paralyze you. I mean, I might be paralyzed myself. I mean, being a singer, I yes. it just would be. It's it's horrific. So, what is your experience from people that have gone through past life regressions? Is it, is it often that the disease that we are, that the imprint from a past life can be, yeah. can be, I'm saying can be. Um, reactivated. Yeah, reactivated, or that this can be the healing journey that we're asked to to feel or to be in, whether it was a, a you know, whether it was a drowning or whether it was a stabbing. Mm-hmm. I know myself, I had a very strong back pain in my, uh, for many years, and I went to a healer, and he, and of course, you you can't prove it, but you can feel it, and he told me about a situation where, I had a shipyard, and I had two very dear friends, and I basically had drawn up my will and said, you know, these these we had been together for I don't know, you know, best friends for mm-hmm. twenty, thirty years. I obviously didn't have a family. I had this big shipyard, and somehow wrote this will that when I die, when I go, um, they will both get everything I have, right, out of friendship. Mm-hmm. And the next day, somebody stabbed me so that he could right. get it quickly, right? And yes. as soon as I also experienced this, also the back pain went away. 
I mean, the, yeah. as soon as I became conscious that it was that point of where the knife came in, and it, it's fascinating. It is really fascinating that, um, but would you advise uh, past life regressions to get glimpses of maybe where, or, or do we have to really be yeah. quite aware, or, or, yeah. or do we just sense if somebody's credible or we only work with uh, people? First of all, Dr. Brian Wells, uh, who, was, who was just amazing, but not just for Dr. Brian Wells, there are many others who do past life regression, who mm-hmm. actually firmly, firmly believe. And Dr. Michael Newton is another because uh, he works a lot with the soul as well. And he, on all of them that I have studied and that, that I have studied under as well, they have mm-hmm. always said that past life phobias are our present day phobias. If we might have a fear of spiders, a fear of going near water, a fear of going mm-hmm. under a tunnel, that it's something that happened us in a previous lifetime. Mm-hmm. And when mm-hmm. we have, they, sometimes we are, our soul will decide, Cara. I always believe the soul will provide the, the vehicle, the teacher at the right time. And it's so important, yes, and it is so important, Cara, that we don't force anything. The body has to be ready, and the soul then will accommodate it. And our soul is a super intelligence, and past life regression, Cara, is not for everyone. Like soul retrieval that I do as well, it's not for everybody, you know. So, but the soul will always choose the right medium at the time for the individual person. Yeah, exactly. Um, We're going to take another very, very short break. I could talk to you for hours. So now we're going to take a very short break and then we'll be back with Mariel Ford-Clark and her new book, Where After. Bringing a more conscious lifestyle to your world. OM Times Radio. IOM FM. Ascending Hearts is no ordinary dating site, but a spiritual dating site with a purpose, to link you with your soulmate. We engineer the serendipity so you can trust that you will attune with someone that has the same matching vibration as you. Ascending Hearts, the conscious dating site for the spiritually aware. Try Ascending Hearts for free. AscendingHearts.com My name is Victor Furman. Some call me The Voice. I've always been fascinated with human nature, spirituality, science, and the crossroads at which they meet. Join me Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern on OM Times Radio, and we'll explore these topics and so much more on Destination Unlimited. The United States has the highest rate of incarceration in the world. At the Equal Justice Initiative, we believe mass incarceration has to end. There is this presumption of dangerousness and guilt that gets assigned to black and brown people. We have to confront our history of racial injustice and commit to a new era of truth. There's something better waiting for us, something that feels more like freedom. Truth can inspire change. Please learn more at EJI.org. Welcome.
Welcome back to Voice Rising. I'm your host, Cara Johnstead. With me in studio today is Mariel Ford Clark, and we're talking all about our soul's journey. Mariel, the more we live in love, the closer we come to God, or we could say source. Mm-hmm. Talk to us about the language of love and how the vibration of love holds this immense mystery together. Uh, you know, I mentioned the Einstein earlier, uh, Tara, and I was mm-hmm. fascinated when I came across that Einstein, even in his latter years, he wrote a beautiful love letter to his daughter, Lestrelle, mm-hmm. so that the, uh, the letter would be given to her when she was older by the nanny that looked after her. But Einstein said, instead of E equals MC squared, and we use the power of love. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Multiplied by the speed of light squares, we arrive at the conclusion that love is the most powerful force that there is on the planet because mm-hmm. it is limitless. And love, love is, and I know it sounds very kind of corny. Love is, you know, it's a language. It's a gift. Nothing exists without love and nothing is healed without forgiveness. And those two are very much uh, featured in Whereafter because these, these are two miracle changes, love and forgiveness. And mm-hmm. love, mm-hmm. you know, love is complicated and love is a gift. And love is, you know, it takes time for us to fall in love, but it takes so little time for us to fall out of love. You know, and with true love, there is no judgment. There is no expectation, just an acceptance. But love is what I found when I was doing the research. I came across, you know, a wonderful thing about Piaget. You know, he was Mm -hmm. the French psychologist. And he had been called into an orphanage uh, run by nuns. And, you know, he walked into this very, very clinical, sterile environment. And but the mortality rate was huge. The children were dying for no apparent mm-hmm. reason. But mm-hmm. he discovered on, you know, you know, an analysis and he was surveying what the nuns were doing. You know, even though everything was spick and span and so clean, the children were never touched. They were never hugged. They were never cuddled. Even their feeding was done through an apparatus that was um, attached to their cots. So they had no human handling whatsoever. So what he advised was that you bring in some of the local school children and get the school children to hug them and play with them and mm. hold them. And what happened? When they were loved, the mortality rate dropped. Yeah. It, it totally yeah. dropped. The children, yes. because they responded to love. Love is an energy. It's a life force. Love is a positive chi. And that's the same love that courses through our veins. And to ourselves, when we when we are all loved up, we're so happy, Tara. You know, we we feel invincible. You know, and we fall in love, and it's wonderful and magical. But the, the secret is, how do we stay in love and keep the magic? It doesn't happen yeah, for all of us. Yeah. And I'm I'm very much one of those a witness to that. But it didn't happen for me as much as I loved the magic in the beginning. 
you know. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. as human beings, you know, we we kind of we have, I suppose, too much expectation for ourselves and for those around us. So love is without love, nothing is healed. We need love and we need forgiveness. And you know, there was in Dr. Masumoto. He wrote an incredible book. You may have heard of it, Cara. The um, what was the name of them? The Healing Power of Water. Of water. And, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and he, he his experiment was with his students. He got them to put uh, drops of water on a slide and put them under a microscope. You see, because of my science background, I love to base. That's why mm-hmm. I remember it. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. one of one of the microscopes uh, with the drop of water, they he got the students to come in every day and curse it and, uh, you know, get angry with it and condemn it and you're ugly and you're horrible, you're not nice, you're, you're disgusting. And the other microscope, he got the other students to come in and say, I love you, Walter, I bless you, Walter, I honor you, you are beautiful, you have sustained me, you give me life. And they experiment in after so many weeks to put the slides, each of the slides under the microscope. And the microscope where the water had been cursed and condemned was just a big, black, dirty blob under the Mm -hmm. microscope. Mm -hmm. When they put the other microscope, the one that was loved and blessed, it said, I love you and I nourish you and I honor you. When that was put under the microscope, oh my God, the kaleidoscope of beautiful color and Mm -hmm. beautiful images nearly like the DNA of a cell. It, it, it's absolutely captivating and is to be worth anyone's while to, to, to look up Dr. Masumoto because his experiments were huge. And I suppose, you see, like you would know, Cara, words and words carry sound and vibration. So mm-hmm. our words will hurt or they can heal. So it's so important when we open our mouth that we try with all our hearts and souls, to try and bring a loving dimension to it. Even if we're angry, let us bite our tongue and just hold on for a second and see how can we say this better. You know, it's so important. Love is the key. Yeah, love is the key. I mean, Emoto did so many amazing, um, amazing experiments. He he did them also with rice and everything that had, uh, had water. I think that is also key the power of word and what fascinates me there's a lot of um research that you did in your book also with after death communication or during near death experiences literally the the soul you know leaving the body and literally being told told i say because i love the power of the word word it's not your time yet and i'm like for me this is fascinating because i really think that voice see i'm this crazy one who thinks that voice is a a, it's a vibrational thread that is going through the past lives and the future lives we're we're creating our future with voice we're and it's it's also going between our ancestors and our beloveds and um Mm -hmm. what is what is your thought on that what is your thought on your thought on or your experience on on when you work with people the importance of writing the importance of speaking the importance of listening to what the or also as a channel and as a guide listening to what your guides are saying the importance of word and the vibrational force of voice so important, Cara, and it's funny. It's not funny, but 
it's it's amazing the amount of people you know when it comes i'm i'm always in in uh, invited seems to be a bizarre word for them but i'm i'm called in by the relatives of the family of the person that's mm-hmm. uh, about to transition and those are the hours and the days that are so precious and so sacred, especially, mm-hmm. especially for the person that's about to transition. Because yeah. I see the difference in them. I, I have seen them sit up in bed and they fight. I don't want to die. And they're angry. I'm not ready to die yet. I'm too young. I'm, you know. And then I see as they, they're becoming closer to the other side, they're becoming more silent, they're becoming mm-hmm. more peaceful. And that's because their loved one's past has already entered the room. They have already seen their loved one. And they mm-hmm. they have sat up in bed and they have said one of the instances actually, it was one of my friends and her twelve year old daughter was uh, she had she was uh, she had a very rare form of leukemia at nine at the age mm-hmm. of nine, and she had a very successful uh, bone marrow transplant at that time. And mm-hmm. when she was 12, it just came on again that she was very poorly, and at that stage, she was given six weeks to live. So mm-hmm. I was uh, I was with my friends. We were in vigil, as I say, and we were, I was, all, I'm always guided what to do with the transitioning soul. But with this little girl it was very very different and she was in and out of of a coma for about three days but uh, and her mom of course of course was distraught and at one stage she just grabbed her mother's hand that she says oh mommy 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 i have been in the most beautiful place she said and she said and mommy peter was with me and peter said that you are not to be sad anymore that he's going to come for me soon. He's going to take care of me. And she says, oh, I'm so happy. And she lay back down in bed and went into a full coma, which she didn't come out of. But the, the irony of the story, Cara, is that Lucy never knew she had had a brother called Peter because he had mm-hmm. died three years before she was born. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. this gives her mom huge, huge kind of belief in the afterlife and belief that Peter was on another plane of spiritual existence and that he still existed and that he was there to bring his little little sister home, um, you know, when her time came. So Mm -hmm. there is many different things that I would have witnessed. And also, I suppose, when somebody is about to transition Cara as well, that's the time for a lot of healing that happens with family. I have seen families come together that... Um, some members of the family may not have spoken, especially in Ireland. We have a lot of problems with land. So, <laughs> and, yeah, the land, the field, if you remember John Houston's the field. Yeah, and, yes. you know, a lot of, a lot, a lot goes on over land. And it, it was very prevalent years and years ago. And the fights and the rows among families with the division of land still exists. It, it hasn't gone away, but it's not as cruel. But um, I've seen where where brothers have made up 40 years later, just on on the uh, at the bedside of the dying, and I have seen forgiveness shared. I have seen songs sang, but I've also seen where 
you know, I would always encourage if it's a grandparent or, or, or maybe a mom or a dad, I'll always, always, if it's, if it's at all possible, I'll always encourage the children to sit on the bed, to stroke their mom or their dad, to hold their hand and interlink, to, uh, you know, tell them what happened at school today, to say, you know, to explain to them that mommy can still hear them and, you know, they will draw pictures for their mummy, so mummy can take them with them to heaven. So it's a very, mm-hmm. there is lots of uh, tools as well and techniques in whereafter for chill for those that are trying to help children to process the fact that somebody that close to them has died. So, um, you know, and it's also important to prepare the children to say goodbye as well when the time is right. It's all about timing, you know. So many, many beautiful things happen in that silence and in those hours leading up to when the person finally takes their last breath. But love is so palpable. And love, as I said earlier, love is the key to our existence. And it's so important. And it's love that doesn't die. We bring that love with us. Very, very well said. That is true, Mario. You have a lot of tools in the book where after you talk about the children often being the forgotten mourners that we don't realize yes. how how hard it is for them they might not be able to express it in in you know or we might just think they're just yes. they're just playing but they need um sacred spaces they need to be able to draw pictures they need to be able to talk about it um yes. you also have a chapter we are coming to a cl- the close of the hour but you also have an incredible chapter on suicide and how yes we have to let go of this idea of, you know, shame and blame. And I think you said mm-hmm. it so well also in the beginning that often these are contracts that the people already have when they come in. And yeah. although it breaks our heart um, mm-hmm. wide open, anybody who's had a dear friend or family member commit suicide, that we can only, as we say, love them back home, right? We we can only yeah. we're we're all walking ourselves back home, as Ramda said, home. and we're all journeying home. So, yeah. Um, and where I suppose, can people? Carla, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yes. Sorry. No. I, I no, just no, no. Thought, it's so important, Cara, for anybody who has lost a loved one, and it's very important to get this said tonight. So important for anyone who has lost a loved one to suicide. It, it is never, ever the fault of another person, nor is it the fault of the victim either. You know, see it as a range yes. of other factors like uh, mental illness, society, bullying, conditioning, sexual orientation, depression, financial losses, you know, just to name a few. And to let anybody know that anybody has lost a loved one through suicide, that they are equally welcomed home and they are, they cross over to the other side as well. Exactly. Thank you, Mario Ford Clark, for being with me today at Voice Rising. You are a blessing for the world. We thank you for all your work you're doing for our community, our collective, and I hope you come back again soon. Bless you. Thank you so very much. Bless you all. Okay, bye-bye. God bless you. Lucky Land Casino.
Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.